0: Hey there dearest, I hope you're doing well today. I hope that you're in a good frame of mind, that you're full of joy, full of peace. I hope that you're full of happiness and serenity in your heart. I hope that you took a bit of time to just count your blessings today. I hope that you realized how privileged you truly are, how blessed you are how truly favoured you are. I hope you took a bit of time to just feel the breath and feel the air as it gently fills up your lungs as you breathe. And I hope that you took some time to feel the sunshine on your skin for the first time on a new day, that you took time to just feel the nature around you as the plants help you breathe and as you feel connected to the nature around you. That these are the most beautiful blessings in life and i hope to awaken this within you every single day you know one of the most important lessons i've learned in this life is that just by merely being alive you've already made it Uh, because big car small car still gets you to the destination big house small house it's still shelter Black, white, angry is angry, joy is joy, happiness is happiness, and eyesight is eyesight, and if it's raining, it rains on all of us the same way. And if we are to marvel at the stars, we all marvel at the same stars. If we are to ever marvel at the seas or anything, we all do it the same way, whether black, white, rich or poor. So just by being alive, you have already made it in this life. And it is this awareness that I hope to awaken within your heart and within your spirit. To remind you that you are perfect as you are. And I hope that you learn to accept, as, to accept yourself as you are. And that, and that you learn to embrace yourself as you are. That you learn to love yourself as you are. And I know that it can be the most difficult thing in the world to do because it goes against your training, it it goes against education and culture to just be who you are because society puts so much expectations on us that we over time begin to believe that's who we are meant to be or who we are supposed to be, that we are supposed to be this way at this time or we should feel ashamed of ourselves or that we should be at this point at this time and we uh, we should feel guilty and start questioning ourselves and that's not how life works i hope to really awaken you within this to make you realize that life truly is a beautiful miracle and that you learn to live every single day like everyday really is a miracle for from the very beginning we are told that we should be like this that we should be like that to other people but nobody ever really tells us that that we are good as we are that we are perfect beings as we are you know to be beautiful in my in my eyes means to be yourself to be freely yourself where you don't need to be accepted by others because you fully accept yourself i mean when you when you accept yourself as you are then you you you're no longer a slave to other people's thoughts or opinions of you. I mean, if you crave acceptance and recognition and and you try to change yourself to fit to to what society says or what other people's expectations may be, or you change yourself to fit what other people want you to be, you, you will suffer all your life and you let go of your own true power. I mean, true happiness and true power lie in understanding yourself and accepting yourself and having confidence in yourself. And not everyone gets to reach that, because the society we live in today is a selfish generation. We live in a selfish generation where it's all about me, what's in it for me. And it is no surprise that we have so many people living in depression. We have so many people, young people, committing suicide because of the kind of society we live in. And with the kind of exposure we now have to one another through social media and the internet, it has, the societal pressures have become higher and higher. And yet, Paul in the Bible says that I shall boast in my sin. I, no, I shall boast in my weakness, not my sin. Uh, and i've always i've been wondering in my head for the past two weeks or so what exactly does it mean to boast in your weakness since i read that scripture what is what does it mean to boast in your own weakness and it is this that i've that i begin to understand more by the day as i question and as i try to explore my thoughts more that to to boast in your weakness doesn't necessarily mean that you're boasting in sin it's to boast in sin. is it's accept to, to boast in weakness is to accept yourself as you are to say that i may not be the best singer in the world but i can write to say that i may not be able to write but i can draw to accept yourself as you are to say that i may not be able to express myself emotionally but but i can love and i've got a heart full of kindness You see when you accept your weakness you also allow God to to work on you when you accept weakness or you accept that you have flaws and you embrace those flaws you allow God to to work on you it is for this very same reason why he says confess your sins and all then you shall be forgiven he goes on to say that his grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness now i find the scripture in 2 corinthians 12 9 to 10 quite puzzling uh, especially as uh, as paul narrates this let me just read that whole scripture But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content. I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities for when i am weak then i am strong so god's grace is sufficient because his power is made perfect in my weakness that's the first part that i want to dwell on and what does it, what does it even mean and as i was reading that i began to think of a house a house in its function of providing shelter and comfort and protection and safety is perfect for as long as it stands for as long as it performs its function no matter how it looks whether it's a villa a mansion a shack if it performs its function it is perfect and if that house doesn't show its weakness we can never show our grace to it Meaning if the house does not show its cracks, we won't know about them. We can't work on them. It's in the same way that God expects us to be. He expects us to to show our weakness so that he can work on us. He does not just say confess your sins so that he can forgive you. He also says come as you are. It also says come as you are. So it means that you shouldn't come when you are. It shouldn't be coming when Things are right when things are g- glorious, and w- when you're out, when you're when you when you're free from sin, you come as you are with your weaknesses, with your imperfections, with your sin, with your blemishes, with your you come as you are. Now, as I'm reading this, I begin to understand that our society, our Christian society, for the longest of time, has sold us the wrong kind of gospel. For lots of Christians that we live around, live, uh, live their lives faking perfection, live their lives seeming as if they've got no flaws and, and sh- never showing weakness. And, and you only see it when they are pushed to the corner. And yet, Paul says, and the Bible says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, he says he will boast more gladly of his weaknesses because he understands the grace of God, because he understands that the grace is sufficient. This is something that David understood so well. And you know, when David met Ed, he turned to God because he knew that the grace of God was sufficient. Not to say that he will go back. That's one thing. People always say David was imperfect and all these other people in the Bible. But I'm realizing that while nobody in the Bible was perfect, when God delivered them, they didn't go back. And they didn't go back because they understood the grace of God. And they understood how God, God's power works. And it's something that we all ought to grow into. When, when David... What, slept with another man's wife and and at the man he went to god when david lost his child the first place he went to was tend to god when job ran out of money he turned to god when moses the israelites were on his back and wanting meat from egypt he turned to god when when david felt when moses turned to god like did i Did I place myself as a leader of these people? Did I give birth to them? This was in Numbers 11. He turned to God. Even in his stuttering, he turned to God because he understood his weakness. You know, our weaknesses do not exempt us from the glory and the grace and the mercy of God as we've been taught. So oftentimes we've been taught that God blesses those who are good. We've been taught that God is kind to those who are who act right we've been taught that god blesses you if if you are a certain kind of people a certain caliber of people and nothing could be further from the truth and so oftentimes we are sold this life of perfection that when you're a Christian, you, you, you don't have to have weaknesses. That when you're a Christian or w- w- when you're a follower of God or a devout believer in Christ, then you won't have to deal with insults and hardships and persecutions and calamities of life. But this is exactly what Paul is preaching about, that my strength is made perfect. My weaknesses are made perfect. My weaknesses are made perfect by His grace. This is what Paul is preaching about, that when I am weak, then I am strong. And No, when he says that I'm weak, uh, then I am strong, is not uh, he's not bragging about self-reliance. Uh, self-reliance in any way or form. He, he He's not saying that he can do it all by himself. He's not saying that it's fine to be imperfect, so you must continue being imperfect and continue being sin. That's not what he's saying. And what does it look like practically? And how is God's grace sufficient? How is God's power made perfect in weakness? These are some of the questions that, that I find myself asking. You see, being content with weakness is like being a jar of clay the the clay pot has to accept the fact that he is a clay pot and it is hard for some clay pots being as human beings to accept that we are clay pots that this is what you are destined for these are the gifts that you are granted this is what you are good at you are not good at that and then accept yourself for this Because this is all that you are. And because people are taught that they should live up to certain standards. Because we are taught that people should, in order to belong, in order to be accepted, people should be a certain way and conform to a certain way of living, conform to a certain way of dressing, a certain way of behaving and people are unable to accept themselves in fact every man is playing their part but no man is being themselves. that's the kind of generation we are living in and people have this false sense of of happiness and a false sense of of self-awareness as well you know for many people uh, it takes too long to come to terms with uh, with their weaknesses with their fallenness with their iniquities, with their imperfections, you know. For some, their fathers pressured and and expected them, or their mothers expected them to to be better than they could be, and and they could never accept it when they failed. For some, their friends mocked them or made fun of them, which which manipulated them into into success centered. thinking where they think that only by getting to that place of success that mystical mythical place of success they think that only then they'll be happy and then for some it's just the culture where they've always been taught that they should be the winner that they should be ahead and then if they are not first then then they are not good enough and and that there's no place for, for for second in today's society and everyone wants to be ahead and wants to stand out and nobody wants to ever show their weakness. I mean, in Hollywood, it's all about beauty and perfection and how everyone should look like this next model or how everyone should look like Rihanna or Beyonce because nobody wants to accept their imperfections. And we now live in this insecure world, this world that is full of discontentment. And, and you know, people don't even know how to, to find contentment in, in the grace of God for all of us i mean uh, athletes and rappers and singers they, they 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 reach the the echelon of their careers and and then they come back and they retire and then they go back again to because they they just don't know they, they don't know how to rejoice in in their weaknesses and then they retire and they feel like the glory they were so used to is no longer upon them and and, and they, they they go back to training and they they, they, they unleash and they want this insatiable desire to, to compete and win so that they can feel uh, like they're worthy again. And, you know, the hard truth is that you and I are very similar to these people that I'm mentioning. These cravings of, of discontentment and, and insecurity which so easily ensnare us in society. These feelings of being weak, of being average, Of being insecure, this feeling of feeling like you've fallen from glory, that you are no longer at that place where you should be of happiness, that place where you deserve happiness, where you deserve contentment in your life. We feel so imperfect. Uh, This feelings of feeling like you we are unsuccessful, of feeling like we are failures, and where we feel like we are rejected, we feel like we don't belong. These things will spin you out of control. You know it is hard for a clay pot to, to accept the fact that it can be disposable. <laughs> it, it, it's it's hard for it to accept for a, for a clay pot to accept that it may not be good enough. That that it's not immortal. That it can be. That it won't be like it won't be in the same place or it won't be of the same effectiveness at all times and it does not mean that with its weaknesses does not mean that it's not it does not have its glory it does not mean that it's any less perfect it does not mean that it's any less worthy this is why we speak of legends you know people who have done all they can and they've proved themselves and doesn't mean that now that they are no longer doing what they used to does not mean that they don't have what they have within them it is so it is so imperative that we we honor our imperfections that we we learn to be content with who we are nobody is perfect in fact the Bible says in Romans 3 verse 3 that for all have fallen short of the glory of God for all have fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know the way the Christian community has sold perfection to us that you need to be such perfect human beings in order to be to be deserving of the presence of God around you. That you you should be free of any blemish or weakness in order for God to bless you. Has led us... To having a society, a neurotic society. It has led us to having a highly depressed society and and it's we tend to forget that we were born to break like every seed. We we're born to go through times of darkness before we really arise. We we're born to have times of we we're born to die of uh, the dark things from this world which attach upon us and we are born to, to break and we were, so that God can show us his mercy. You see, our spirit is meant to last forever. And that's where we should have our glory in. And the fact that this world is just... We are just taking a tour throughout this world. And, and that no matter how we are, as long as our spirit is right with God, God will continue to work on our weaknesses and perfect us. And in fact... It's in our weaknesses that our glory can shine even greater. This is why we love such rags to riches stories. This is why the stories that inspire us are of people who overcame some kind of hardship. The stories that inspire us most are of people who had to go through some kind of setbacks. It's of people who had to go through the worst kinds of imaginable situations and they still succeeded. It reminds us that Our glory is made perfect in our weaknesses. When you think back on all that you've come through, when you think on the stories that you've had to encounter, when you think of all the the challenges that you or your parents or your family have had to go through just for you to be where you are, all the things that you overcame and even forgot about, all the things that were so heavy upon your spirits and you were wondering how you would overcome this or that, and God still came through for them you know that is that is the power of god's grace upon us manifesting upon our weakness you know in the book of second corinthians 4 verse 7 it says we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the passing of power belongs to god and not to us let me read that again we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the passing of power belongs to God and not to us. I'm going to read that again. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the passing of power, the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. What is this treasure? That's the first question I asked myself when I first read that. What is this treasure in jars of clay? The treasure could be whatever gift God has granted you, the gift of love, the gift of talent, the, whatever treasure you may have in your life, whether it's finances, whether it's your God-given talents, your gift of time, your, of joy, your, the gift of giving joy, the gift of kindness, the gift of self-control, the gift of, of mercy, whatever gift it may be, the gift of, uh, of drawing, the gift of writing, the gift of orating, the gift of spirit, whatever it may be that's your treasure and what is this jar of clay this jar of clay is this feeble body that we all have which can be destroyed any time with this jar of clay this this our body this mind and everything that is physical of us which can be destroyed anytime any moment we and yet we have this infinite treasure that can live even beyond the body our talents always live beyond us because they are they are meant to be created outside of us our treasures are meant to be manifested outside of us and they live beyond just this jar that carries it. In fact, the content of the jar always surpasses, is always meant for something outside of the jar. It may be contained within the jar, but it's always meant for something outside of the jar, and we are always jars of clay. And the, the problem is that not all of us are able to uh, to allow ourselves to be molded by the hands of the master master, um, Hands, uh, of the master's hands, or the the potter's touch. So many of us are so sensitive of the potter's touch that the moment that God sends us through some little bit of hardship, that we we get angry at Him and we stop believing. That the moment that God molds us a little, or or shows us something that they should, we need to learn, it may be a hard lesson at times that we 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 lose, uh, we lose our faith and we lose our encouragement in Him and. And we just become empty pots of clay. And some pots are very well decorated, but they are just nothing but empty pots of clay and they have no power of God within them. You know, we have this treasure within us to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Remember that your weaknesses at the platform on which God performs miracles in your life upon. So boast in those weaknesses. Tell God, but dear Lord, you know this is my weakness, and and unless you help me, how do you expect me to get ahead? But dear Lord, you know that I've got such problems, and dear God, I'm tired of dealing with this weakness. Make it my strength or elevate me to the next level through it. You know, our weaknesses are the Points on which people we find people to help us. Our weaknesses are points on which we find new opportunities. Our weaknesses are points on which we get help. Our weaknesses are points on which God is able to send angels down our path. Our weaknesses are points on which God is able to elevate us to the next level. Our weaknesses are places on which God is able to show us His grace, His mercy. You know, if you don't admit that you are sick, you don't, you won't take the journey to the hospital. If you don't admit that you've got, you're in bad health, you will never go and get medication. And it is the very same way that our weaknesses are the platform on which God's grace works upon us. So don't be ashamed of your of your weaknesses. Don't be ashamed of of your imperfections. Boast in them. Tell them to God. Embrace them. And see how God works on them. embracing them does not mean that you don't make an effort to to improve that flaw. Embracing your weakness does not mean that you you, you, you surrender yourself to um, to never being better. Embracing your weakness does not mean that you uh, you let go of yourself it means that you bring it to god and you let god work on it you bring it to god and you you, you 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 bring it to god without shame you bring it to god without fear you bring it you bring it to god without guilt in the same way that david was able to go to god even though he sinned very horribly so and he was able to go to god even when he was troubled or in in, in in pain when his child uh, died he was able to go to god so it is the same way that our weaknesses the fact that we are able to we cannot handle certain pressures in life by ourselves without god that is where his his mercy comes upon us when we are discouraged he'll be our encouragement when we feel weak he will be our strength when we are confused he'll be our direction and when he when, when we When we don't, our vision is blurred. It becomes our clarity of mind, and when we are overwhelmed, it becomes our peace. When there's trouble in our emotions, it becomes our peace. It is so important that you embrace your weaknesses, that you acknowledge your weaknesses, for it is in our weaknesses that God begins to work on us. It is in our weaknesses. Don't be so focused on your sin that you that you are unable to see all the good things that God does through you. You know, accepting does not mean that you can never change or that you should enjoy sin. Accepting yourself means being honest. Accepting means being honest, being open, transparent. It means being humble about who you are. It means that you you accept you for who you are and not for where you want to be and not for where you used to be. It means being honest with yourself first before anybody else. It means being open and transparent with yourself first before anybody else. It means being humble about who you are and where you are with yourself first before anybody else because if you don't admit that this is where you are, if you don't make peace with where you are, God cannot take you to where you already are faking to be. You know, your conscience also shouts at you, reminding you of who you are. And you need to always listen to that. You need to always listen to that side of you that tells you that this is who you are. This is what my heart calls for and you need to embrace that with your flaws with your weaknesses and with your in in inadequacies and with your moral failures with your with your temptations that you have given into and you need to acknowledge those weaknesses and you you need to get out of self-pity because self-pity uh means that you, you 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 love it as it is self-pity means that you it, it 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 takes away the power of accepting what you've accepted. It takes away the power of transforming what you've accepted when you when you have self pity because it means that you are gaining more energy or more strength from from something that is making you your lesser self. So it, to rejoice in your weakness, what exactly does it mean, though? What does it mean to boast in your weakness and to accept the that you are not you don't have it all but God does to what does it mean to boast in your weakness it means that you that I will never be anything more than a clay of pot and earth that i mean adequate within my strengths that no matter how much I strive for there'll always be something that I'm not good at. There'll always be someone who's better at something that I don't, that I, that I'm not able to. That's what it means to boast in weakness. It means that I don't have to strive to be something that I'm not. That it means accepting that God made me the way that I am, so that His surpassing power can work in and through me. You know, my my gift of speaking, my gift of thought, of insight and revelation. This is all just God, God's power working in and through me. And I realize it's not because I'm all that perfect. I know I've got so many flaws and weaknesses myself, but I've seen God work through me. And, you know, I rejoice in that weakness because it does not prevent God from working on me. And as long as I have an heart open to god for as long as i boast in that weakness i see god enlightening my heart i see god enlightening my mind about it showing me the way to take and i find myself becoming a better person by the day because when his when his strength is uh, when his strength works through me he is glorified when his strength is magnified through me and i am living in the goodness of his immense pleasure his glory is glorified. He is glorified and for his majesty. Therefore, I, I remain steady and, and, and consistent in a heart. In my heart of gratitude. Therefore, I remain steady and consistent in rejoicing, in rejoicing in my weaknesses. I mean, if it if it were not for my weaknesses, the power of Christ could not be in work, could not be at work in me. For he makes all things work out for good for those who believe in him, it says in the Bible. Yes, I am weak, but, but you need to know who my daddy is. He's the one who can do great things through my weaknesses that will blow your mind. And, and in that I will forever rejoice. I will forever rejoice for I am saved, I will forever rejoice for Christ died on the cross for me. I will forever rejoice for I don't have to I don't have to do anything in order for God to love me or bless me. I don't have to do anything, I just have to open my heart up to him and and show him my my, my truest being and be honest and transparent with the Lord and with those I love and trust and and that way God continues to work on me, you know. Some people don't like how God has shaped them or how God is shaping them and they want to take over from how God is moving them. You know, The Bible says uh, somewhere in Proverbs that many are the plans in a man's heart but only the Lord's purpose shall prevail. Many are the plans in a man's heart but only the Lord's purpose shall prevail. Think about that and realize that you trying to take control of your own life's path without God just you setting yourself up for failure you trying to take over from god's uh, from god as he tries to mold you as he takes you through tough times as he takes you through challenging situations as he challenges your mind your beliefs your attitudes as he as he tries to mold you through by challenging your morals, your overview of life, how you treat people, as he challenges your kindness, as you have this plan of your life that this is where you should be. And then he's it's delayed that at, at 30 you had hoped to have this, you had hoped to be here, but it's not happening and some things are happening in reverse and you and you're wondering what is happening in your life and you thought you'd be married first before you have a child. You you thought you'll have a big house and a million a million dollars in your bank account before you had your first child and and god is just turning things upside down and and i remind you now that many are the plans in a man's heart but only the lord's purpose shall prevail and with that it tells you that we are all nothing but subjects to god's will in this world that only his purpose prevails at the end of the day and that there's no point of me really stressing, all I can do is do my best, all I can do is plan the best that I can and leave the rest to God. For at the end of the day, no matter what I do, whether I shout or pray or whether I worship, whether I fast, it's still the Lord's purpose that prevails. So my daily prayer should be that in my weakness, as I accept my weakness and allow God to work on those weaknesses, that I always pray that my decisions are aligned to His purpose, that I always pray that my weakness... That my decisions, my, my commitments, my goals, my visions are aligned, aligned to his vision. And that even when I do flaw, or even when I do derail from his path, from his weakness, that I shall forever remain in his, in his house, that I shall forever remain in his presence, in his glory. And that way, all things will work out for the good for those who believe in him. All things work out for the good for those who believe in him. My name is Tepo H. Malowa, and welcome to yet another episode of the Frozen Thoughts Diary.